I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, the six rules of trust for virtual organizations. We'll look at how poor global managers confuse control and efficiency when efficiency actually comes from trust. I was speaking to the owner of a company in Amsterdam this week. He said only 50% of his employees will be going back into the office after this crisis. The other 50% can work from home. At first, that surprised me. Half of his staff working from home is quite a big figure, but office rent is an obvious cost that he, and I guess many other business owners, will be cutting. I think a lot of business owners are thinking, why pay thousands of euros per month when people can work from home and they don't even have to travel in and out of the city centre? But he actually phoned me about a different problem that he wanted my advice on, and that was this. How does he know that people are working when they're working from home and they're not just doing something else? Well, I was tempted to say you don't know, you won't know, and nobody knows. But I'm not sure that would have actually calmed him down. So what I did say to him was, it sounds to me like you're mixing up efficiency with control because when it comes to managing people, control is actually the enemy of efficiency. To be efficient, forget control. You need to focus on building up trust. And I'm not the first to say that. Charles Handy said this 25 years ago. To enjoy the benefits of working virtually, we have to run an organisation that is based on trust. Virtual working needs trust to make it work. So that led me and the company owner in Amsterdam to this question. How do you build up trust in virtual organisations? And we came up with six rules for virtual organisations. Rule number one, break it down into small groups. There's this famous Dunbar number which Facebook uses and Google uses, which is that you can't really have a meaningful group beyond 150 people. So when you're working internationally, you're going to be able to reach 150 people. Now, I've been working virtually for about 20 years. And what I find is reaching those people requires a different way of connecting. You need a higher frequency of communication you need to set the tempo of that high frequency communication. And that is going to be roughly 50% more than you think it's going to be. And in doing that, you set the standards of behavior. And within that, you need to personalize communication. The days of CEOs sending out the corporate video are dead. You need to use social media on your internet. You need to personalize it to particular countries, to particular functions, so it speaks to those people. The second rule of trust is to realize people trust competence or commitment and ideally both. So I trust the doctor because his qualifications on the wall show his competence. I trust my best friend because he's committed to our friendship. There's no contract and I can't pass an exam. He can't pass an exam to get a formal qualification for being a good friend. So the doctor I trust because of the doctor's competence, the friend I trust because of their commitment. Whether I trust in competence or commitment at work, both have confidence underneath. If you want to increase trust, you have to show confidence in people. And that confidence is shown through your actions more than your words. We all have friends who say, oh yeah, let's catch up sometime, let's talk. What happens? Good intentions, but it never gets round to meeting up. 
So confidence comes from commitment in action or confidence comes from competence. And that leads to rule number three, which is that trust is, has to be based on results. I'm a strong believer in setting a goal, making sure people have the resources and then getting out of their way. People love a challenge and they hate micromanagement. So with this logic, there are actually only two control points at the start and at the end. At the start, we need to make sure that the goal is clear and the resources are freed up and available to achieve the goal. And at the end, we measure the achievement. In my experience, there are way too many global executives running into functions and interfering too much in functions. Get out of people's way, set the goals at the start, trust people to deal with the challenge. They are way more creative and way more resourceful than we actually think. Rule number four, trust until there's a reason not to. One phenomenon we're all seeing right now is the creation of companies with a core group of permanent workers. Around them, you have all sorts of temporary workers, hired hands, consultants, contract workers, and so on. One of the biggest challenges for a lot of companies is how to commit to people who are on that outside ring. It's going to be better for performance to trust first and ask questions later. Rule number five, Trust others to lead and know your areas of expertise. What do we mean? Well, think of an outstanding sports team, a really successful sports team. They all have one thing in common. They have different leaders in different situations. Take a sport like football. When they're training, it's going to be the coach or manager that's leading. In the game, on a Saturday, when they're defending, it's probably going to be the goalkeeper. And when they're attacking, it's probably going to be the forward. If there's a penalty, we don't see the manager running on to take it. We see the captain deciding who's going to take it. To be successful at the highest levels, trust in an organisation changes hands. It's never held by one person. Rule number six, trust is personal. So lead by example with all the good parts and the bad parts that brings. Because what people want is they want a human face to represent the company. They want to see you as a leader. They want to hear you as a leader. So you need to be present. Don't hide the weaknesses. Instead, emphasize your strengths. Emphasize the organization's strengths. And if you do this with confidence, you create a ripple effect. Because confidence breeds confidence. In conclusion, the rules on trust are not new. I would simply encourage everybody to take them out, dust them off, look at them again and figure out how to keep applying them. I think we're all perfectly capable of home working and remote working. I think more and more office space will become conference spaces and meeting spaces like the business owner in Amsterdam is talking about right now. And finally, it's not control that leads to efficiency, it's trust. And the most successful companies are the ones that trust their employees to get things done. I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.